Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. Welcome back to the Raising Rices podcast. In our conversation today, where we are here talking about raising critical thinkers. As always, we start with a conviction of that we have in our lives when it comes to our, our marriage or our faith or raising our children. And our conviction is that we must be and we must teach our children to be critical thinkers. So talking about that our conviction that we must and in turn teach our children to be critical thinkers that means specifically in this context to consider critically the information that we are receiving because guys we receive so much information we're in the information age yes and we need to not only live this way but teach our kids how to receive information and critically think about how that information reflects our biblical worldview. Yeah, how do we respond to the world around us? How do we assess the information we receive? And how do all of those things affect what we believe and how we think about the world around us? And I think Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 8, really gives us a, a good directive in this. And he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, of course, the context of that verse, he's talking about not being deceived by another gospel or another uh, way of obtaining holiness that is other than Christ. And in our world today, there's so much just philosophy and deception that tells us that we can obtain holiness, that we can be a better person, that we can do certain things that are virtuous that are not according to Christ. But that's just one aspect of this critical thinking um, idea that we want to raise our children in. So let's talk about some of the characters that are developed when we are raising critical thinkers. The first one we want to kind of dive into is a logical thinking skill, right? Or becoming a logical thinker. And one of the things that we do with our homeschooling right now that is kind of fun is that we make sure to include every week in their clipboard work. And so if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know what I'm talking about, clipboard work. Um, but it's a critical thinking page. Some of the examples I've used in the past are um, analogies or uh, mind benders or things that present information to you but leave missing holes that require you to make either assumptions or to figure out 
how to fill in the blank. And when we receive information, just even like the verse that Darren just read, and this is a very important skill when we're reading the Bible, is we cannot just take one verse uh, out of context. We have to fill in the blank for the picture around that verse. What comes before it? What comes after it? Um, who are they writing to? Is this uh, descriptive or this prescriptive, you know? And when we receive information in today's information world, we get sound bites tons and tons of sound bites but we are missing the whole song yeah absolutely and then another thing that we do too in the the kind of schooling teaching way where we kind of work on getting our kids to think logically or think uh, critically is in our bible time and we've talked about our bible time on the podcast here before but we will pose a statement to them that sounds good at first or we'll pose yeah. or we'll pose a, a headline or or a proposal to say, Hey, what do you think about this? And it'll be a real example from the world that either uh, a a teacher who's not exegeting scripture correctly will use, or a headline from the world, and we'll challenge them to think through that statement yeah. and see, is it really true or does it just sound true at first? But when compared to the the source, the bedrock for our worldview, the Bible, it turns out to be false. Yeah, because a lot of the things that we receive sound good or a Bible um, description is tickle the ears. Yeah. Right. It tickles your ears, but it is not or it has holes. It is not the gospel truth, for example. And a, a, just a brief example of it um, is the idea of linguistic thievery that has happened in our culture today too where the the world will take a word that's a good biblical word mm-hmm. that has a biblical meaning in scripture and then twist the definition of it to mean something else yes and that makes the statements that our children are confronted with even more challenging mm-hmm. to think through because there's good words that mean good things but depending on how that statement is being used and the the meaning imparted to the word by the author of that statement, yeah. it can mean something drastically different. Which is kind of like coming back to that sound bites versus the whole song or the whole symphony probably yeah. would be more accurate is that usually, and, and you can find this even in Genesis, um, thinking about, you know, Adam and Eve and the serpent, usually what is stated it has some elements of truth in it, but they're missing something, right? right? And so it's that logical thinker to navigate what is missing, how to fill in the holes, or how to apply this statement. And even back to the work pages that you have yeah. the kids doing that have nothing to do with scripture, Yeah, they have nothing to do with worldview. It's just random information on a page that they're trying to solve a problem with. It forces them to read every word mm-hmm. of the presentation so that they have all the pieces to arrive at an answer that is a right answer. Yeah. And so it's just this very basic skill that if we, I think if we don't teach it, then we end up where we are today in so many circumstances where people make drastic decisions in their lives based on the information 
that is fed to them that seems the most prominent at the moment. Yeah. All right, so the next character quality that is developed when you are raising critical thinkers and is so important is teaching your children and yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> about how to ask and answer good questions. We have to teach our kids to ask good questions to clarify what they're being told Mm -hmm. or the situation they're faced with in this case whether it's linguistic thievery or it's uh just an ambiguous statement or a story that doesn't have all of the information in it is just a headline or it's a story from the perspective of one side Mm -hmm. we want to teach our kids to ask the questions to get past the surface presentation to a real understanding of what they're being told or what the situation is that they're being faced with. There's so many logical fallacies that we get presented with today that says you have to choose A or B. Well, it's a false dichotomy. You you don't have to choose A or B. Right. Or there's uh, situations where you're, you're presented with something that seems real and good at face value and like a real story until the opposite side is also presented. And so you have to ask the questions to get to those things. Yeah. Isaac Toplin from Courageous Parenting, he always says you need to ask at least three questions deep. Yeah. And that is simply just to find out how his children's day went. Right. You know, like that's not even talking about these big theological issues or these like trying to be deceptive questions you know like you you gotta go deep because the surface level is all too easy to remain at you know you're not going to get to know the character of who you're talking to or of the question that it's being um, faced with the next part of that you know we need to be able to ask good questions but we also need to be able to answer for what we believe Yeah, we have been working on this again. Like another little example where in family Bible time, we'll read a passage and we'll ask a a question Mm -hmm. and somebody will pipe up with an answer and and they they answered a good question and they even had a good answer. And then (laughs) I'll say, oh, but why? Tell me, (laughs) how do you know that? You know, and and so we want to teach our kids to be ready to answer questions about the statements that they make or the solutions that they have arrived in. So whether it's school or it's theology or it's thinking about the world and I've presented a a headline or a a social situation that's Mm -hmm. going on and I say, what do you think about that? And they'll pipe up right away. They'll be like, well, that's wrong. And I'm like, Okay, but why? You, you tell me in the in a biblical worldview why you have the stance on that that you have at this moment, because we want to teach them to know the support in their worldview that we're teaching them in a biblical worldview about how they're arriving at their answer. And you guys, this is not just um, uh, separate from the church. This is actually even more imperative that we teach what asking and answering good questions and having a logical thinking position when we are hearing um, sermons, when we are listening to theological discussions. Because 
We don't want to become the people that just hear and believe whatever is being spoken. I know that that kind of seems very... Um, no, but in Acts, in Acts, the Bereans yeah. were commended for testing every word yes. that they were taught. And because not only does that make sure that you are um, being under good teaching, right? Mm-hmm. But also when you use that left and right side of your brain, right? <laughs> like right. when you are making it your own is when it becomes your belief. Yeah, now you can also not only understand the position, but you can make the argument. Right, and what do they say? The best student is someone that can teach it. Right, yeah. Yeah. So then the next character trait that we are working on building that kind of follows this, and, and I know we're kind of all over the place with <laughs> it, it, it. These skills, you know, we ultimately, I think why, why we lean this way is because the skills matter in theology. The skills matter in your understanding of salvation. The skills matter in your worldview and in eternity. But the skills are practiced and practically put into position in every decision in life. Yeah, just like we talked about the homeschooling one. Right. right. Yeah. And so Proverbs 14, verse 15 says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent one discerns his steps. So good. So in each thing, in, in each decision in life, if we are prudent and if we're seeking wisdom and we're walking with the Lord and we're applying a biblical worldview... We're going to discern each of our steps forward. And then Proverbs 18, verse 17 says, The first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. And that is critical in today's age where information comes so quickly that it's just a race to see who gets the information out there first. And that person always seems right or the in, loudest. Or the loudest yeah. until another comes and examines the information presented. And so we want to teach our kids, whether it's about what clothes to wear or how they can get to heaven, to think critically and to consider all of the all of the angles, all of yeah. the possibilities in light of a biblical worldview. And I know I've said biblical worldview a lot this podcast. We're going to be talking more about that in another podcast coming up in the future. Yeah, and I just love that you help us rein it in a little bit because I'm the dreamer of this relationship. I'm the like, <laughs> let's get to this position. Um, but sometimes you can miss the steps in between. So I love what Darren's saying. Like Our ultimate goal is that our children will know truth. Right, and that they will be able to decipher, discern, be critical thinkers when the word comes at them, or or things that are trying to um, evade the word, right, or get the uh, say lies to them. Excuse me, but one thing that I love that he said, and I just want to like re-echo it um, in a in and in, in, to myself and to you, is that we practice these skills in the simple moments, right? Like you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. And so for our children, we work on being critical thinkers in many different ways, even um, regardless if it has to do in the moment with, you know, the Bible. Like we talked about homeschooling already, but here's another example. 
when we are doing something in the home and we have a large family. And so, you know, our answers cannot be, um, or, or the parents cannot address answers or address each children right away. So we ask the kids, well, okay, well, if you don't know what to do, what can you do? Right? Like how can you be a hard worker and yet think critically, look around you, right? Look at, at the setting. Mm -hmm. What is the next step? Or what can you diagnose that needs to be done? You don't need me to tell you, right? Because we've already trained you in this. How can you be the thinker in this moment? Right. Or how do you solve your own problem? You know, it, right now our living situation is very small and not even a lot of noise. It gets very loud very quickly. And some of our students need to some quiet to focus on a yeah. certain topic. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes we can you know, work on the quietness as a group. And then sometimes we need you to solve your own problem. Mm -hmm. So how can you put yourself in a good situation to learn well what you're studying? Oh, okay. Go over to the trailer with dad and he's yeah. working and it's quiet there or whatever the, the different situations. So we teach the kids to solve some of their own real practical problems in the moment. Like be a self doer, a self thinker, a self, um, motivator. So motivator. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> achieve something that you can achieve Yes. to, to solve your own, to solve your own problem or to work towards solving your problem. Yeah. So let's talk about the challenges though yeah. that face us here when we're talking about raising critical thinkers. What are the challenges to thinking critically in the world today? And I would say that the first challenge is that we live in a world that celebrates gray areas and denies practically in our culture in America, denies logic. Yes. And I mean, I feel like we don't even have to give you an example. Like if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are a biblical believer probably, and you can already just spout off where the logic has been lost, right? But I think our encouragement to you as parents is to not forget about the gray areas because the gray areas seem like they could be okay, you know, but those gray areas become the denial of logic, you know, that that's where they start and then they progressively get worse. So just Hold on to what is true and teach your children what is true. And I'll give you a quick analogy really fast. Our friends um, gave this to us, the CU family. When we were talking to them, they said, okay, how do the people in the Federal Reserve, the banking system, how do they teach about all these counterfeit monies? You know, like how is it possible to even know all the different counterfeits out there. And they said they don't teach about the counterfeits. They teach about the real thing. They teach about the truth. So if you are a parent feeling like, oh my goodness, this world is going crazy and I don't know how to even address all these issues, start with and always focus on what is true. Yeah, teach the truth and then it will stand out clearly in a world that celebrates relative truth. Yep, which is our next one. <laughs> yeah, if you are teaching the truth, then all of a sudden when you are confronted with somebody else's relative truth or 
a plea to participate in affirming relative truth, then it suddenly becomes clear. And that is the second part of this challenge is that our world celebrates a relative truth. And I think that it's a trap that is very easy to fall into as a, as a believer that's filled with grace to have, uh, to, to buy into loving people and affirming their relative truth. And I think that we need to know that we can love people without affirming relative truth. And so as we raise critical thinkers, Mm -hmm. we have to teach them to gently and lovingly stand for the truth when they need to. Yeah, it's you kind of have to think about it in this way, that it's actually being unloving to affirm something that is not true. Right. Because if you are telling them, whoever this them is, right? If you are telling them, yes, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, then what you're actually in actuality doing is denying your truth and thus showing them that there is no truth. And if there's no truth, then there's no need for Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. I mean, it's so in these challenges, let's just say this. It is really fast to get into some very apologetic, very um, just some weeds of things in the church and things in our culture. But I think that we want to, to pull out this for you, that we live in a world that celebrates relevant, relative truth. Standpoint epistemology, that means that one person has a better understanding of something because of their perspective. And so therefore they hold the moral higher ground than somebody else. So that's denying objective truth. That is a is a problem, and our world is not full of just innocent or ignorant lies. It has those, but it is also full of outright deception. And so these things are the reasons why we have to be teaching our kids to be critical thinkers, because we we I think as as believers we want to believe that even in the church that people would be faithful to the word. But I think it's unfortunately through all of church history and again being proved that people are deceived and there are deceivers in leadership in the church. And we need to teach our kids to critically think just because this person's a pastor does not mean they're teaching the truth. I have to discern. I have to critically think for, for myself and 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 know who the good biblical resources are that you can be doing that with not that you should stand on an island and think that you're the best theologian there is in the world <laughs> but that you know where to have a a solid base of understanding of the bible so that you can test what you're being taught against what the the known and solid truth is So teach your kids to think critically so that they can solve problems and do well to defend the truth. And um, we just are so grateful that you 
stopped in to listen to our conversation today. We want to just encourage you to like and subscribe um, for this podcast and maybe share it with a friend. That would be awesome because we do. We want to encourage people to truth and to righteousness and ultimately to raising children, raising households, raising marriages that serve the Lord. Yeah, and if you want to follow us or contact us on Instagram or social media, Marissa is at Raising Rices. I'm at Lead Your Family. And we would be happy to dive into if you have specific questions when it comes to being a critical thinker with an issue in the church or in the world today. We love those conversations. Yeah. And we can't get into all the depths of them here today, but we would love to engage with you there. So we tried to get into it here. And yeah. then we. <laughs> <laughs> and then we try to stick with our commitment of 20 minutes and we watch the clock ticking in front yeah. of us. <laughs> so, so message us and uh, we hope that you're encouraged today.